Well, good morning. How you doing this morning? You doing good? Amen. God's good. No matter what's going on, God is still good. Amen? And he loves you. He cares about every detail of your life. I don't want you to take that for granted this morning. You know, uh, we're, we're talking about money manners because that's a part of our life. God cares about that aspect of our life, and that affects so much of our lives. And so I want to start off by asking you a question this morning as we continue, and it seems to be like a no-brainer question, but it's like Jesus said several times in the Gospels when he was having an interaction with people, and, and they were looking for answers in their life, and he asked them, do you want to be healed? That's an important question. It sounds like a no-brainer question, but so here's the question I want to ask. Do you want a breakthrough in your life in 2020? If you don't want it, it's not going to happen. If you're not sure about it, it's not going to happen. But do you want a breakthrough in your life in 2020? And to go with that, do you want to be blessed? How many say, I want a breakthrough, I want to be blessed? I, I like, over here, this, this woman just shot up her hand. Amen. Come on, keep your hand up there for a moment. I want a breakthrough, I want to be blessed. And we think, well, are we even allowed to ask that? Can I be blessed? Do I want to be blessed? Can I pray for a blessing? You can put your hands down, thanks. Well, I, I want to show us today the importance of that and what that looks like. Are we allowed to ask that? Can we declare that? Can we pray for that? And when we talk about being blessed, I said this a few weeks ago, it means living and having the supernatural power, God's power working for you. By contrast, being cursed means having supernatural power, not God's power, working against you. Now, a blessed person may not be wealthy by the world's standards, but I believe a blessed person will enjoy a quality of life that many wealthy people would envy. I want to say the blessings of God will affect every area of your life, family, relationships, health, emotions, thoughts. I, I believe a blessed person, we're, we're people that we're going to walk in faith because the Lord says that we're going to live by faith, not by sight. God responds to faith. We're going to walk in faith. We don't see everything clearly. We don't know every detail. We don't know what's around the corner, but we know God's in it and God's with us. Amen. We're going to walk by faith. We're going to hear the voice of God. We're going to be in God's will. We're going to recognize the voice of God. And I believe the blessed person is going to encounter divine appointments because their spiritual eyes and ears are going to be open to divine appointments. And how many's ever had times where it seemed like what was going on was a huge interruption in your life? This is just a pain right now. I don't have time for this. How many's ever been there? That sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? Yeah. And I begin to find out in life, as I've grown and matured, that all of those aren't just big pains and problems. Sometimes they're divine interruptions. God's up to something. God's up to something. And so, so we're blessed to be a blessing. I want you to get that. We're blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. 
And I want to start by just referencing this man, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. And now we've heard of this guy in the last oh, 12, 15 years because there was a book written about him. And this is before that time, hardly anybody ever heard about Jabez. Just kind of passed him over because right there in the middle of all these seemingly meaningless genealogies there in First Corinthians, uh, uh, not First Corinthians, but First Chronicles chapter four in the Old Testament, in the middle of all those meaningless genealogies, all of a sudden, boom! There's Jabez in the picture, and it's very important because the Holy Spirit kind of brings him out and wants us to see him because he prayed a powerful, significant godly prayer, and we see as we look at his name, his name means pain. How would you like to be named pain? His mom, his mother birthed him in pain, and so she named him pain. And that was happened numerous times, and we see that even our connection in Tanzania in the Dagood tribe, the African culture, what's going on in your mother's life and your family's life at that time, they could give you that name, and many times it may not be a good name, and he's named Pain, and there's seemingly a curse on his life, but he prays a prayer, and here it is. It's, it's important. Genealogy. Begat, 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 and boom, it stops right here and highlights him for a couple of verses in the middle of all those genealogies. Because when you get saved, nobody ever tells you, I, I think you should start with, you know, First Chronicles chapter 4 and go to Lamentations and go, you know, no, it doesn't say that. It, but it says here, he prays this prayer, O Lord, bless me. Enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And it says, so the Lord granted his request, answered his prayer. It's a prayer I want you to hear today that God loves to answer. God loves to answer this kind of prayer. He, Jabez was saying, God, I need your presence in my life. I need you to fill me to overflowing. God, I don't want the status quo any longer. May you expand me. May you expand my influence. Bless me. Enlarge my lands. May your hand be on me and with me. May you keep me from evil. May you keep me from wrongdoing. And may I not bring pain or hurt to anyone's life. And we see that God blessed him. Jabez experienced a breakthrough because I believe Jabez asked for a breakthrough. We have not, Jesus says, because we ask not. So I'm going to ask you, do you want to be blessed today? Come on. I think we're going to get somewhere. Do you want to be blessed today? Lord, I need you. Listen to what I'm talking about. God is saying to you, I want to bless you if you would just ask me because we are blessed to be a blessing. And I, I think we don't have to go very far or see very much or listen to much more to have an understanding. Our culture needs the presence of God. Our culture needs the blessing of the Holy Spirit. Where does that come from? Tell your neighbor, that's going to come from you. Come on, that's going to come from you. Let's stand together this morning. It's going to come from us. 
We're the church. The church isn't someplace we go. The church is who we are and what we do. We're the church, amen? We're the church. We're meeting here today. We're glorifying, honoring the Lord, encouraging one another, building ourselves up in the faith and encouraging each other in the faith. But we leave here today and we are the church. We're blessed to be a blessing. So say it with me if you would. I want you to receive that concept, that truth in your life today. This is what this is all about, what we're talking about that God wants to bless you and bless you indeed. He wants you to get ready to see what he can do. You say, well, I've been a Christian for 25 years. There's more, amen? Man, I've only been saved for four weeks. There's more, hallelujah, there's more. So let's say it together. This is my Bible, this is the Word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. When I read and hear the word, faith comes to my spirit. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God, and it will change my life. I'll never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Write down some notes today, if you would. Use the app today. Follow the outline. We're going to come this morning, and uh, we're going to receive communion together and worship the Lord in communion, the greatest blessing of all, Jesus Christ, our Savior. We receive salvation. So the big idea, money is not the answer to your problems. We've all thought, if I just had some more money, if I just had some more money, money is not the answer to your problems, God is, amen? Where you choose, the second part of our big idea today is this, where you choose to store your treasure depends on where you think your home is, where you think your home is. I want to start off looking at something talking about this thing called mammon, the rule of mammon. Jesus tells us his words in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So point number one, we can't serve two masters. And this is exactly what Jesus was talking about. And we get a picture of this in Mark chapter 10. And I want to read it from the Amplified Version. That's why I'm looking at my phone here. And the few verses there in Mark 10, we see this encounter in the Gospels. Mark 10, verse 17 through about verse 23. And we see the encounter. It's called Jesus Counsels the Rich Young Ruler. He counsels the rich young ruler. And with this concept, we can't serve two masters. You can't serve God and this thing called mammon. So we look here, and I want to read it to you. And as he, Jesus, was leaving on his journey, a man ran up, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, you who are essentially good and moral and perfect, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is essentially good by nature except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he replied to him, teacher, I have kept carefully all these commandments since my youth. 
And looking at him, Jesus, and that's, I want you to notice this, felt a love, this high regard, this compassion for him. And he said to him, what seems like something so harsh, but he says it out of love. You lack one thing. Go sell all your property, give the money to the poor, and you will have abundant treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. Becoming my disciple, believing and trusting in me, walking in the same path of life that I walk. But the man was saddened at Jesus' words. And he left grieving because he owned much property, had many possessions, which he treasured more than his relationship with God. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who are wealthy. That means, and cling to their status possessions as security to enter the kingdom of God. And then the disciples like us, that blew them away and says, man, who can enter the kingdom of God then? How can any of us get in there? But I want to look at that for a moment because we look at this rich young ruler and we see he didn't take Jesus' advice. How tragic that is. He didn't take his advice. The young man had a mammon problem. That was his problem. And Jesus saw that he had a mammon problem, not a money problem. I want you to hear that. He had a mammon problem. He had an idol problem. He had made an idol out of his wealth, and he thought he kept all of the commandments, but he broke the first commandment. And that first commandment says, you'll have no other gods. You shall have no other gods before me. He wasn't fully devoted to God. He tried to tell himself that he was, but his actions prove otherwise. And so we say he didn't have a money problem. He had a mammon problem. What exactly is mammon then? Money and mammon are not the same thing. And this is where you need to be taking some notes today because we get this so confused today that, that money is evil and God's against money and we should have this vow of poverty in our lives if we're really going to be a committed Christian and follow Jesus Christ. And everybody say no to that. Come on, say it big no. That's what Jesus is talking about here. You need to see that. I'm getting some of your attention now. That was a better response. That's good there. So we go back almost 400 years, and there's a literary classic by John Milton, Paradise Lost. And some people, you've heard of that. Some of you have read that. Maybe many of you never have. And at one time, it was required reading in public schools before less politically correct times. And this is a classic literary work, Paradise Lost. But Milton gives us a detailed description in his writing of hell and Satan uh, as a fallen commander-in-chief. And he's surrounded by his demon generals. And among them is Molech. And there's Dagon and Astarte and Arisis and Baal. And all of these are mentioned as idols in the Old Testament in the Word of God. And he mentions, Milton mentions another demon at Satan's side, mammon. This is an Aramaic word, and this is the Hebrew that Jesus spoke at the time of Jesus, Aramaic. And we see this other de demon standing by Satan, mammon. And mammon basically means riches, and it carries the idea of pride and arrogance. This spirit tells us, this is what it says, you don't need God, trust in riches. 
Mammon is the spirit that rests on money. Either money has the spirit of God on it, or it has the spirit of mammon on it. And mammon tries to take the place of God. How many's ever noticed that that's uh, Satan's number one agenda? He, he's trying to take the place of God. And so money, just money. Inanimate object of money either has the Spirit of God on it, the blessing of God on it, the anointing of God on it. Man, we pray. We pray. A few weeks ago when I talked about Jesus feeding the 5,000, what did he do? He offered the loaves and the fish and he, before the Lord, and he blessed it, and then he handed it out to the disciples, and they handed it out. Well, we see, we look at mammon tries to take the place of God. It's basically the spirit of our culture, and the spirit of our culture is a liar. Say that with me, liar. This is why God says we can't serve two masters. Mammon tries to rule. It's looking for worshipers and will promise you everything and deliver nothing. Mammon promises us those things that only God can give. What are those things we're talking about? Mammon tries to promise us those things that only God can give. And what does God want to give us? Security. Amen? Where's my security? It's in Jesus Christ. Amen? My hope is not in a man. My hope is not in a government. My hope is not in a political party. My hope, as much as I love the United States of America, is not in America. My hope and my security is in Jesus Christ alone. Amen? Amen. He tries to offer us significance. It's in Christ. Identity in Christ. Independence in Christ. Freedom in Christ. Power in Christ. Money with the spirit of mammon is not your answer. Your answer is God and God alone. Mammon says buy and sell. God says sow and reap. Mammon says cheat and steal. God says give and receive. Mammon wants to rule your life. And in the book of Revelation... During the great tribulation period that I believe is around the corner. Several years ago, I did a series, The End of the World as We Know It. It was prophetic teaching, and we need to revisit some of that. But we're right at the corner, I believe, of end-time events. We're in birth pains right now. When the world, Word of God talks about birth pains, and you say, what's going on in the world with all of the chaos and the upheaval and all that? I believe we're in birth pains right now, and you need to be prepared that you are a man and a woman of God. Your security is in Christ and Christ alone. And we look at this in the book of Revelation. What do we see? We see the Antichrist, that he will dominate people through the use of economics, preventing people from buying and selling. We see that in chapter 13, unless they submit to the mark of of the beast and receive the mark of the beast. His brief rule will be with the spirit of mammon. Money and mammon, as I said, are not the same. I want you to get that clear. Money is not evil. And probably one of the most misquoted scriptures in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 6.10, it says this, the love of money or the worship of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The rich young ruler loved his money and worshiped his money and his security was in his money. It wasn't that he had money. It's the idolatrous love of the spirit of mammon that is evil. In other words, it's greed and covetousness and selfishness. They're all manifestations of the spirit of mammon. 
I'm going to tell you, I know wealthy people. Not like this. I know what the world would consider poor people, and they have this spirit. How many know what I'm talking about? That's your focus, that's your desire, that's your greed. People under the influence of the spirit of mammon have the most fear about their money. When we're thinking and we're praying about giving and being generous, I want you to know, when you begin to have those thoughts, I want to be giving. I want to be generous. And you start praying about that. There's going to be two voices speaking to you. One's going to be the Spirit of God, and the other one's going to be mammon, and sometimes he wants to shout in your ear. How many know what I'm talking about? How many's ever had a struggle? Let's be honest today. Had a struggle at times that we're going to be generous and we're going to give away. How many's ever struggled with that before? If you haven't struggled with that, man, I, I, I wonder what's up with you. We all have. We all have. And then when you begin to pray about that and think about that, man, there's going to be two voices, man. There's going to be the Spirit of God speaking to you and the Spirit of Mammon speaking to you. So let's look at the second point, your true riches. Where's our riches? Here's a longer passage where Jesus talks about choosing between God and Mammon. It's Luke chapter 16, verses 9 through 13. And let's read this together today. And I say to you, Jesus, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous Mammon, that when you fail... They will receive you into an everlasting home. He was faithful in what is least, is faithful also in much. And he was unjust in what is least, is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit you to trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either hate the one, love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There's the full extent of that. Verse, Jesus calls mammon unrighteous, not money unrighteous. The spirit that can rest on unrighteous money. Money can be used for either unrighteous or righteous purposes. It can be used, let's put it this way, for temporal or eternal purposes. Money that has been submitted to God as opposed to being used in an attempt to replace him is blessed. Remember, bless money multiplies. Amen? I want to see God's money that I believe is God's. Everything I have is from the Lord. I want to see that multiply, not consumed by the devourer. Money that is used for good to bless others will multiply. That's what we are really beginning to do. When we say we got six weeks, we're getting ready to, say it with me, multiply. Yeah. There's going to be less people here so we can have people there. And we're doing a launch team meeting, you know, after the services today. And there could be a hundred and some people going to Pittsburgh and they already live in that area. And that's where we're going to one service. And I'm going to pray and believe that, that you know, maybe it's just six months and we can go back to two services and they're going to need to go to two services there. I believe God is in this. But, but yet, you know, I'm going to say it. We need... And this is the way I see both campuses, multi-generational people right here and there. We need people with great smiles and great love in Pittsburgh and here. 
We need people ministering to children there and ministering to children here. We need people leading us in worship there, and we need people leading us in worship here. We need you to make that commitment because God uses people. Amen? How many people do we have here today? Raise your hand. You're a person. God wants to use you. It's time to step in, not step out. Get in, not get out. And God's going to multiply us, and he's doing that as we take steps of faith and resolve. He brings the resources. So uh, a couple weeks ago, I think you're here today, I handed out just a little bit of money in the first service. Scott was here, right? I think Vinny. Didn't I hand you some money, Vinny? I I didn't hand you any money. Are you sure, Vinny? No, no. Who else did I hand? Yes, Carol isn't here. Where did Carol go? I haven't seen Carol. I haven't given her. That wasn't that much money. I want to tell you that. (laughs) Scott, I want you to come here. Somebody hand me this microphone over here, right here. The guest microphone. It's just a little bit. And I said, let's just do something with a little bit of money. Let, let's just see how you can be kind to somebody, bless somebody. And, and the second service is I gave it to two men named John. So I made it easy for myself. What would you do with, did I give you $10? You gave me $10. What did you yes. do with a little $10? Working? Hello. Good morning, everybody. Wow. This is scary. <laughs> I don't know how he does this. But anyway, uh, actually, I held on to that $10. But before I did anything with it, of course, I started out praying over it. You know, knowing that it was blessed, uh, that it was given to me, and um, I wanted it to be a blessing into somebody's life. So I prayed over it and just asked God to uh, bring the, that situation to me. And first, uh, my mind's going, and I'm thinking of all these great things that I can do, you know what I mean? It was making it about myself, but, you know, having a relationship with Christ today and learning who I am and who he is, I know it's not about me. Nothing in my life is about me. Ultimately, it comes down to Christ, and it's always about him. And uh, nine days into it, I was flying out of... Uh, Trenton. I was at the Trenton airport and going to Florida, and I was just sitting there observing a little boy and his mom just laughing, having a good time, and uh, it just came heavy over my heart that that was the little boy I was going to give the $10 to. So I stood up and went over to him, and I asked him if he knew God, and he said he did. I was like, I was like great, so you know Jesus, and he said yes, you know, and I said, well, this $10 was given to me by my pastor at my church a week ago, and I've been holding on to it to give it to somebody, and God just spoke to me and said to give this to you, and his mom was like, no, 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 and I was like, yes, 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 I have to give this to your son, you know, and this was a way I was going to show, you know, who God was, you know, the kindness and uh, his character, so I gave it to the little boy, and I said, promise me one thing, I said, just make sure that you continue to keep your eyes fixed on the Lord, and to show this same kindness to others in your life. And I gave him the $10 bill, and I said to save it, hold on to it for something good. And I walked away and sat back down. And as he got up to board his flight, he was walking away, and he looked back at me holding on to his mother's hand and just put his hand up and waved at me. And at that moment, I just knew that God was going to work in his life in an incredible way and do some amazing things for that little boy to bring the kingdom to others. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. You know... These are small things, and we'll never know, but the thing is, God wants to know, can he trust us with these small things, and will we do something with them or hang on to them? And you don't know, that little boy, you know, and I'm thinking, how do you do something like that and not be creepy? But you did that well. You did that well. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Yeah, that's the world we live in, but you did that well. 
You know, but I'm just thinking, but he's going to say, you know what? Just one little emphasis here that, that as I believe in the Lord, God, God can speak and, and there can be acts of kindness. And that's going to impress him that, that you're real, Lord. You're real. It's another little step, another little step there. We look at this passage that we're to use our money for that which is eternal. What is eternal? What lasts forever? Nothing lasts forever in this life. You know that? Everything you have gathers dust and rust, and it's not going to be here. Nothing lasts forever. That car, is it going to last forever? Man, how many's got a new car lately? Yeah, we got one. It's not going to last forever. I tell you, that's beautiful, shiny. I was talking to a man before the service. He got a new car. I saw it. I didn't see it up close. That's beautiful, but it's not going to last forever. That's the way it is. You know, the house isn't going to last forever. That bank account isn't going to last forever. Your investments aren't going to last forever. Your clothes aren't going to last forever. You know what? Nothing lasts forever in this life. You know, that, that's, that's a thing. You know, look how many things are there. Uh, we've got landfills and we've got scrap heaps and what was so precious and shiny isn't so precious and shiny anymore. What lasts forever? Say it with me. Only one thing lasts forever. People. Say it with me. People. The human soul lasts for all eternity. Only people last forever. The thing is, you can't take it with you. Your house, your car, your boat, your bank account, your investments, your jewelry, it collects dust, it rusts away. Nothing lasts forever. This is what we're all about here at Morning Star Fellowship. People. And that's why there's that saying, you'll never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Nothing lasts forever. But people, people, it's all about people. If I use my money to bring people to Christ, they will welcome me into heaven when I die. If I use my money to bring people to Christ, that's what they're talking about, they will welcome me into heaven when I die. I'm not exactly sure. It could have been, 30 years ago or so, there was a song. It says, thank you for giving to the Lord. I was a life that was changed. I want to say, there's not too much in life, really, and this is probably isn't a good thing to say about myself, that can bring a tear to my eye. There's those commercials with dogs looking pitiful and cages that need adoption. I'm going to tell you, I love dogs. I think some of you know that. Not cats, dogs. I got a whole theory about cats, but dogs. <laughs> I love our dog, Rocky. And I, sad to say, I know there are children not treated as well as our dog, Rocky. But those commercials don't bring a lot of tears to my eyes. But when I see suffering children. Yeah. Those commercials for St. Jude's Hospital. Yeah, a little bit. But when I first heard that song, thank you for giving to the Lord, I was a life that was changed. I have to admit about 30 years ago when I first heard that, there was a tear that came to my eye. Matthew chapter 6. 
verse 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves, Jesus speaking again, treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Your heart, your wishes, your desires on that which your life sinners. So when we use our money for righteous purposes, we are laying up treasures in heaven. And when you get to heaven, this is my prayer for you. This is with no exaggeration. We said this in the series also. I want you to hear from the Lord Jesus himself. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many things for all of eternity. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well done. Well done. I want you to hear well done. And you know what you're going to experience also in conjunction with what we're talking about right now? You're going to experience people walking up to you from India and Africa and Haiti and Central America and South America, the Dominican Republic and Russia, Italy, Myanmar, Greece, Cuba, Israel, Philadelphia, Allentown, Quakertown, Upper Bucks County, Southern Lehigh Valley, and Pittsburgh, and they're going to say to you, because this is where our money goes. This is where people are that we're giving to and praying for. They're going to say to you, thank you for giving to the Lord, for I am a life that was changed. Amen? We're sending it on ahead. For all of eternity. We're making an investment. Jesus doesn't say money will walking us into heaven, but friends will walking us. We'll be greeted by people from all over the world because we gave. Amen? We'll be greeted by people from all over the world. I can't imagine that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They never would have been in heaven if less we would have given. We have to see that God puts his anointing on what we do here on Sunday mornings and other times, and it goes and it multiplies, and God takes something so innate, and he can transform it into souls. He takes money just like he turned the water into wine. He takes the money, and he turns them into souls because our God is a multiplier. Hallelujah. That's what he does. That's what he does. Just as Jesus turned that water into wine, he transformed unrighteous mammon into true riches. It's not how much we have that matters. It's whose it is. It's a matter of trust. God wants to say, you know, can I trust you? We can trust him. He's trustworthy. Mammon has friends. We're going to wrap this up quickly, and I'm going longer than I wanted to today. And rightly relating to things, and there's roadblocks to our giving. Mammon has friends. These guys hang out together. They run around together. Mammon and his friends, and they want to keep you from your breakthrough. 
from the blessings of God. And we say, what, what are his friends? The spirit of poverty, the spirit of pride, and this thing called comparison. I don't think any of us ever struggled with any of those things before. And God wants to test you with stuff. Not just your stuff, other people's stuff. He wants to test you with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A spirit of poverty will cause you to be ashamed of the blessings of God. And being a giver will result in blessings. The devil can't stop it, but he'll try to keep you from enjoying it and being ashamed of it. The spirit afflicts both the poor and the wealthy. It manifests itself in a spirit or a sense of shame and guilt about being blessed by God. The spirit of pride, this spirit says, you've earned it, you've worked for it, it's your talent, your ingenuity, you've made it all happen, look at what you've accomplished, you should be proud of yourself, give yourself a hand, well, here's how these work. How do you respond when someone compliments you? How do you respond? Man, that's a nice watch. This is a genuine Swiss-made watch. Let me tell you all about Yeah, How do we respond? Or poverty says, oh, I just got this thing at Walmart. That's what poverty says, you know. Poverty feels the need to justify purchases and possessions because it equates blessing with evil. The spirit of pride tries to make people think we paid more for things. I want to say this. If you've been blessed by God because you're living life God's way, stop feeling guilty. Don't be ashamed of having a heart God is blessed. God is not against you having things. God is not against us having things. He's against things having us. Amen? I want you to hear that today. He's not against you having nice things. I think some of us have struggled. Some years ago, I, I struggled in this area. And where I struggled was, and then when I would, you know, purchase something, and, and, and this is the way it is in our household, uh, nothing is bought usually at the price that it is. It's going to be on sale sometime. Yeah, it's going to be on sale. There's always a sale. There's always a deal. Uh, but here's where I struggle sometimes in finding something and, and, and then purchasing that and enjoying that. And then the voice says, uh, you, pr you didn't really need that. You probably shouldn't have gotten that. Why, why, why did you buy that? And there was... Anybody ever struggle with some of those things and the guilt and the shame? And I've even returned something before. I want to tell you, that's not from the Lord. He does not speak to us through guilt and shame. Amen? He doesn't speak to us from guilt and shame. We don't have to justify our purposes, our purchases to anyone. I was just going to cut this out and go to communion, but I'm going to say, we don't have to justify our purchases to anyone but God. Or maybe your wife. <laughs> I got to throw that in there. <laughs> Amen? 
We'll have to justify our... If God gives you a piece about something, don't worry about anyone thinks about it. What will people say? What will people think? It's between me and God. What does God say? Amen? Come on, what does God say? The comparison trap. Pride causes us to compare ourselves with others, and poverty causes us to compare others with ourselves. When someone pulls up beside us with a less expensive car, pride says, mine's better. When someone pulls up beside you in a more expensive car, poverty says, that's a waste. That's a waste. Pride and poverty have this in common. They get us to play the comparison game. And then we want to be a person with a heart of gratitude. Compares himself with God and says, thank you, Jesus. You've done everything for me. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. I receive everything by grace. You see, there's roadblocks to our giving. Unbelief and insecurity and pride, idolatry and fear. You see, the illusion is this is our home. This isn't. This is temporary. Say this with temporary. The Word of God tells us, Hebrews chapter 11, 2 Corinthians 5, so many other places that we are citizens of another country. We have another home. We're strangers and aliens and pilgrims. We're just passing through. But my home and my final destination is heaven. That's why I'm giving with the priority of heaven. Because that's my home and this isn't my home. I'm just walking through this place. And my desire is to make Jesus known. And to take as many people with me as I can. Because heaven is for real. Amen? Amen. So I want to ask you again, where is your home? Where we choose to store our treasure depends on where we think our home is. So I'm going to ask you again, do you want to be blessed? Come on, do you want to be blessed? The devil doesn't want to bless you. He doesn't want you to go to the next level. He doesn't want you to have breakthrough. He doesn't want you to make a difference in people's lives. He doesn't want your influence expanded. But he can't stop you when you begin to pray, Lord, bless me, bless me indeed. Amen? Bless us, Lord. Ushers, would you come begin to pass out the elements? Our greatest blessing, Jesus Christ. I want to think about this. Would I thought about this. Would I be a giver? Would I be generous if the only blessing I had with Jesus Christ is my Savior and nothing else? Yes, I would. Amen. Jesus is enough, isn't he? He's enough. I think about that. We talk about this thing called mammon. Jesus was betrayed by his finance minister, Judas, who sold him out for 30 pieces of silver because the spirit of mammon got a hold of Judas. I looked that up. What would that be in today's dollars? The Son of God, the Savior of the world, was sold out for $600. $600. And that day would have taken somebody maybe five, six weeks in life. 
the greatest blessing of all, Jesus Christ. He wants to bless us so we can be a blessing. Just worship the Lord as you hold on to the elements and we'll receive together. blessing of all that you've saved us removed sin our sin as far as the east is from the west you remember them no more the devil didn't want you to know Christ he didn't want you to be saved he did everything he could to keep you away from Jesus Christ but he failed amen and he doesn't want us with the blessing of Jesus to be a blessing to others but he fails because we surrender ourselves to the Lord we say Lord bless us and we're going to be a blessing individually and collectively Lord this is who we are we want to be your people Morning Star Fellowship bless us to be a blessing we expect to see more souls and more people in heaven than we can begin to imagine right now and count. 
because of what you're doing in us and through us. We say that by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I thank you for the bread which represents your body that was broken for us. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon you, and by your stripes we are healed and made whole. Thank you, Lord. Let's eat together. Lord, this cup represents your pure spotless blood that washes away sin and removes all of our unrighteousness and that we become your righteousness and right standing with you. I pray, Lord, that we would be forever grateful, remembering your justice, your mercy, your love. We receive right now what this cup represents. Washes fresh and anew. In your name, amen. Let's drink. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's stand together. Prayer team, would you come? If you're here this morning and you need prayer, that's why we pray. God hears and answers prayer. Agree together. Pray one for another. God shows up. We have not because we ask not. We want to pray with you. We believe we come into the presence of God, and when we do, God changes us, and he changes things. Lord, today, thank you for blessing us. Lord, we may not feel blessed right now, but you're blessing us. We might not think you're going to bless us, but you're going to bless us because we're looking unto you, Lord Jesus. I pray for your people. I just pray, lift your hand of faith right now. You say, I want a breakthrough. I want to be a blessing. I want to be blessed. I want to bless others. I want to hear well done. I want people to say, thank you. You gave. I don't want to, the enemy's voice is silenced. Whatever you do is multiplied. He'll say, it's not enough, you're not, no, it's multiplied, and God is using it right now. Your life is being used right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, yes, I pray for that. Perseverance, trials, tribulations, development, strengthening us, exercise, stronger. We're persevering. We're moving forward. We're going to the next level. I believe for breakthrough right now. I believe for answers to prayer. I believe for good reports. I believe, Lord, for every life in here, every hand that is raised. You're using us on our campus. You're using us in the office. You're using us on the job site. You're using us in our businesses. You're using us in the diners. You're using us wherever we go this week. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. The resources in our life, your anointing is upon them. People are coming into the kingdom. An enemy, you can't stop us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord praise this morning.